Hello everyone, my name is Willie Eaglehawk. I am the BTS theorist and this podcast is all about BTS and ARMY. I am a massive ARMY, I am the author of Idol Limerence and many other collected works all about BTS and ARMY as well as a publishing company called Revolutionaries. We make books about BTS and ARMY and other revolutionary things. Today I am joined by Emily all the way from Cork Island. Emily is a fellow ARMY who I met via Twitter and then email, and we have a lot in common, and I am so excited for you to meet her today. Hello, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, my goodness, the accent. Um, I am so happy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) When I listen to this back, I'm going to be very annoyed at myself. Oh yeah, I just don't don't Irish listen to accent. it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably oh, best really? not to. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's like very attractive, <laughs> and I think especially with with men, I just depending on what part of Ireland they come from, I just find it so unattractive. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I think I'm just that's too unfortunate used to it. for you. <laughs> yeah, considering yeah, you're is, in Ireland, is. you need to move it to is. another country. <laughs> Uh, yeah definitely well I'm actually after just after moving back I was in um living in Milan teaching English for the last um, 18 months so I moved back in the hopes that I would I don't know have a an idea of what I want to do for the rest of my life um I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up even though I'm almost the big 3-0 so it's great it's going well (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Totally okay. Bad. So, tell us then. Tell us who you are mm-hmm. and what you do, and um, tell us the highlights. I know that you don't know like what you want to be when you grow up, but tell us everything else. Yeah. Okay. So, where do I even begin? Um, I think uh, my journey at the moment is obviously I've I've told you about it, but. Um, during the pandemic, I started writing my first novel, um, and I didn't really think anything would come of it, to be honest. It was more like my lifeline at the time. Um, I suppose without going into, you know, how it, 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 it stems from BTS, obviously, and how, I got inspired to start writing. I've been writing all my life, mostly poetry. Um, I've kind of dabbled. I come from a, a musical family. Um, so I dabbled in a little bit of songwriting, but I'm not very good at it. Um, <laughs> but I kind of rediscovered my love of it again. Um, and I started writing this novel very much inspired from from reading lots of fan fictions, actually. Um, so that is my, my passion at the moment. Um, I am writing my second one. So I wanted to kind of come home and, I don't know, kind of put myself back in the position, I guess I was when I wrote the first one, because I was so inspired by it, um, by trapping myself in my hometown again, (laughs) which sounds really negative, but, um, it's it, it, it I don't know it has a, a positive outcome I think but I my friends kind of they had read a few a few chapters and they were like you need to send this in to be published 
Um, and I was like, really? So one night after a few glasses of wine, a good few glasses of wine, um, me and one of my housemates at the time, we sent it off um, to different publishers and um, kind of just, I kind of forgot about it until last year, um, until they obviously had, had gotten time to read it and, and started getting back to me. So three of them actually got back to me and it was the one I was kind of going on. My mom is a huge reader, um, like always has a book in her hand. So I was kind of basing everything from her advice because she would have more of a, I don't know, not an interest, but she would just have more, more knowledge of, of kind of the industry and read a lot and, you know, um, so I was kind of going off, off of their advice and I signed with, um, Pegasus, which are a company in London. And, um, yeah, so we're, I'm kind of sitting on my hands at the moment, waiting for it to be finalized. Um, but, uh, it's a very long process and nobody, you get, you get feedback in little, little pieces. So, you know, I've finalized the kind of final edits now. So I'm just waiting to hear back from them on when we're going to plan a release date and all of that. So I wish I had more to tell you on when it would be, <laughs> but stay tuned for more. Um, wow. Because it's definitely something that is, it's, it's driving me mental because people are asking, when will it be out? When will it? And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. I wish mm. I could tell you. Um, but I emailed wow. I emailed my editor this week and I said that I was going to be talking with you um, and I wanted to have more information, but I haven't heard anything back yet. So it's a lot of that, <laughs> a lot of radio silence, I have to say. Yeah, okay. Okay, so what I want to know is um, let's go, mm. let's wind back a little bit. So what was your okay. first experience with BTS? Can you walk it, like, tell us the story of when you first saw BTS and what did you think and what did that look like? Okay, so I think it was, you see, I'm a very, I'm really big into music and I love when new songs are released. So I'm checking Spotify, this is before BTS, every Friday when new songs were released um I'm checking the playlists and I had added mic drop just by quickly kind of listening to it I liked it um but again I didn't really get invested or emotionally invested like I am now um until 2020 but also because of of Halsey as well um when Boy With Love came out in 2019 I was listening to that on repeat um, so much so that it was actually on in work and there was a, a teenage girl came in and she was like, oh my God, BTS, you're playing BTS. And I was like, uh-huh, yeah, we are. Like, okay, you know, can we get through this? Um, but I found I didn't really take much notice and I saw them on, I don't know if you know um, the Graham Norton show. It's a BBC, he's a talk show. He's actually from oh, Cork yes. in Ireland. Yes. Oh really? It's very popular in Australia. This, by okay, the way. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, that's good. I love him um, because I think again his sense of humor and his style of interviewing is is really cool. But I saw them on that, and my mom 
not to go off on another tangent, but my mom keeps um international students. They come and they they study in Ireland and they live with us. And one of them at the time was like a BTS fanatic. So I watched it with her. And I was kind of watching her reactions through it and I thought, wow, you know, it's really cool. And I thought they were cute and really sweet and, you know, especially RM, he was, you know, representing them. And um, I just, I didn't really think, I, I don't think I was ready for them, if that makes sense, until 2020 when everything just went in my life completely, um, how would you say, just incinerated everything went up in in flames um and my I had just moved back in home I'd broken up with my long-term boyfriend thankfully thank god um I had moved back in home and my mom she has rheumatoid arthritis she's had it for I think she was diagnosed when she was my age um, so she had it for a long time and her knees basically just gave out. So we were on, she was on a waiting list to get both her knees replaced. And in the meantime, she was on the flat of her back. So that was the very first lockdown. They were doing the promotions obviously for on then. Um, and it wasn't until I actually saw the music video for Dynamite in the second lockdown. Um, where... My mother had gone in to have her surgery, her second knee done, because everything here in Ireland is really, really slow. Um, it's probably similar in most countries, but it's easier to give out about your own. Um, so she had gone in to have her second knee, and when they had taken it out, they found it was infected, and she was basically in hospital for nine weeks. So we couldn't go to see her. Um she was like heavily medicated so conversation wasn't great so it was just a really really hard time um so me and my dad were kind of sitting waiting didn't know what to do with ourselves just trying to focus on kind of keeping going and I remember I had been cleaning in in the back room of our house and I put on MTV on the on the TV and I came out to the room with a load of laundry in my hands and I remember stopping because I'd seen Jimin on the screen and I remember stopping and I remember I had my hands were literally weighed down and I stood there and I watched it. I put everything in the laundry room. I re rewinded it, watched it again, watched it again. And I was like, this is really cool. I just thought the colors, everything was really fun and just a break from, I suppose, the I don't want to be negative and say the darkness that I was under, but it kind of was. It was like the sun started to come back out again, you know? So I started then, like most army do, wanted to know their names, wanted to know how old they were, because I did kind of feel like a bit of a creep. Um, and it went from there. <laughs> so it went from watching, yeah. Um, and when I say I fell, I fell hard, um, right down the rabbit hole. But I, I, I think it's amazing because I've learned so much about art, about history, about just different cut. Like, I feel like it's, it's really opened my eyes to a whole new world, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. Um, That's so cool. That's so cool. 
Yeah. So what I want to know next. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we've got one of those like old school delays. Um, (laughs) Between, you know, like I talk and then like it takes a few seconds to get to you. We've got it. We've got to figure that out. Something weird. You know, it is um, Mercury is in retrograde. So it does. It's making sense that, that, um, yeah, that our technology is just not working for this. Okay, yeah. let me ask you yeah. another question because <laughs> it seems okay. that like all I have to do is give you a small a small prompt and then you're you're able to talk for a while. So I, I love this. Um, yeah. It's great for me. <laughs> Pardon me because I'm still recovering from a cold, so I don't right. want to be coughing everywhere. Okay, here comes my next question. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh I'm my ready. gosh. Okay. Cool. Okay, right. So it's 2020. You've discovered Mm -hmm. BTS, like, or rediscovered them, become a massive army, Mm -hmm. and you sit down to write a book. What made Mm -hmm. you want to write this book? What is the book about? Like, give us, give us an idea of this world that you've created. Okay. So it, I had been watching, um, Bon Voyage. Okay. Excuse my pronunciation. Um, the season three where they were in Malta and I loved it obviously um but I'd been watching it and I had a dream and that's where the book kind of came about I had a dream about meeting not me which is weird but a girl basically meeting them um while they were on vacation but it wasn't in Malta which is weirder again it was in France so when I woke up because of a lot of my writings are inspired by what goes on in my head, um, especially when I'm asleep. So I started writing it down because, as I said, I had been reading fan fictions and I, at the same time, I was also studying to get my TEFL degree, which actually I don't even want to say studying because it wasn't that difficult, um, so that I could teach English. Um, but I had been very critical of because a lot of uh, a lot of army are non-native English speakers and I had kind of been thinking oh you know if they just worded this a little bit better or you know corrected the grammar on it which is not very nice but that's what I was doing um and I thought why don't I just do it myself so I started writing this and it the whole thing I've realized recently is is a metaphor for how they came in and helped me get through. So one of the main character is called Amelia and she basically has spent a year in Japan teaching English where she left after she found her ex-boyfriend had been cheating on her with one of her friends and she left her family. Um, she hasn't spoken to her parents in a year um so she has to co- return to to France so it's set in Nice which is one of the most i don't know prettiest um places i think in in the south of France in my opinion um so she has to come back and basically face them again so they didn't want her to leave they didn't understand why she'd broken up with her ex-boyfriend because her her father and him were extremely friendly um and she's when we first meet her she is on the plane panicking about going home and because I kind of wanted I noticed 
a pattern in a lot of what I had been reading. The women in, in it were not, I couldn't relate to them. So they didn't suffer from, you know, bad anxiety or depression or, you know, they weren't trying to better themselves and, and get better. They were just perfect. Um, so you can you can see it in in Amelia's voice in you know when she's telling her story at the very beginning you can you can sense the anxiety. I wanted her words to kind of reflect her thoughts, her thought process. So she repeats herself often because it's something that I do when I'm really anxious and I'm trying to remember. Because what happens to me with my anxiety is now it's so much better now, but I. I have to repeat to remind myself because I'll forget. You know, even something as simple as going to the supermarket. After after all the lockdowns and stuff, I found it very difficult to be in crowds of people. So I would completely blank. My mind would go completely blank and I'd forget what I was even there for. So I have to kind of repeat and say, right, a few times. So I wanted that to to kind of reflect it. You can see it in in the beginning with Amelia. And as she progresses, as she meets these group of boys who are just on holiday, so there's five of them. Because again, I didn't want people to read it and go, ah, this is BTS. It's it's not. I take a lot of, of influence from their personalities, and I'm not going to tell you which character is who or wherever. I want people to find that out or try and figure that out, because that's the fun in, in these things. But... um. I was inspired by that and you can see when Amelia meets them how she starts to kind of relax again you know and she starts to kind of she she had been for the years she was away she'd been bettering herself she'd been going to therapy she'd met two what who she refers to as her soulmates her two best friends over there um one of them is actually from New Zealand Olivia and the other is from New York so um, she met the two of those uh, girls and she's, she's, you know, she's complete, she's stronger, or, but she's still really anxious. Um, and it just kind of goes through her, because ha- I don't want to give too much away, because I could. Um, and we could spend the whole hour of me describing the book in detail, but we won't do that <laughs> for your sake and for everyone listening. But um it goes through the process of her kind of coming back, you know, having to deal with her parents, having to deal with her ex-boyfriend, everything she left um, on hold, she has to kind of pick up and, and, and deal with again for the summer before she moves. So her and the, and the girls are moving to South Korea for the second year when the school starts, um, when the next year starts. So she has to deal with all of that but obviously then she's dealing with her feelings for a normal nice boy that she's met over there so <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense <laughs> so oh, it yeah. is romance but they're yeah obviously because I am a, a romantic at heart um but I tried to keep it as real and as honest as I possibly could Wow. Um, so there is that's a lot so of exciting. swearing in it. A lot of swearing. <laughs> yeah, I like That's good. Yeah, lots of lots of swearing. Um 
because I, I found even when I was rereading it, you know, after it had been edited or whatever, I'm thinking, oh God, <laughs> you know, the language is, is atrocious, but it, it is part of, because I did want to keep her, I feel like as an Irish person, we're not very well represented in in the media. I mean, most of my students in Milan, they're like, oh, do you know Conor McGregor? And I'm like, no, I have no interest <laughs> in sports, nor do I care. Okay, he's not the only Irish person out there. Um, So I wanted to keep her and her family. Like I wanted to use expressions that I would use um, as Irish as possible, basically. And my editor kept correcting me be, uh, on my use of all right. So we would say like, are you, are you all right? Are you okay? Um, but apparently it's not a word, but it is where I come from. So what um, are you all right? Like are you serious? Yeah. Like A-L-R-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Yeah. What? No, that, that is a word. But anyway. I'm, it is I'm Googling me. it right now. Is, is all right a word? A word. Yes, it's all right. Yeah. It's what? Well. Oh, yeah, okay. So they're saying the it's all right. Okay. So, so they're saying it's like based, yeah. to, to whatever. No, it's a. I know. What? I know. No. <laughs> no. No, no, they don't. They no. don't get it. They don't get the culture. No, they don't. They don't. But it was just <laughs> things like that. I wanted to keep essentially Ireland, Irish. You know. Um. Wow. But I okay. did want I love to. It. I I do. I have to say I do, and I I'm probably not describing it as well as I should. I should practice this more. Um. Now that I'm admitting that, but um. <laughs> I yeah, I need to spend time practicing in the mirror. Um but I I love it and I love the characters and I love the the development of it. But I see this as being a three part because we've seen in the first book, I'm writing the second, I'm writing the follow up now, but in the first book we see her meeting the boys in in her hometown. Okay, in Nice and She's showing them everything to do with, you know, her family's culture and all that. Okay. The little Irishism she's teaching the boys. And in turn, they're teaching her about the Korean culture and stuff, which I have had to do an immense amount of research on, especially for book two, because at the end of book one, we can see, actually, I'm not going to tell you that, but anyway, we know that they're going to Korea. Okay. So book two, <laughs> book two picks up from there, but it's from his point of view now, okay? So I have to write in a different voice and I have to write it in a non-native speaker. So even when I'm, um, you know, putting together sentences, I have to think of it not from my point of view, but from someone who had to learn English, you know? Um, so it's a, a nice challenge for me, but I... That's where the story picks up. And I want to get into more the dark side of, of the K-pop industry. Because I don't think the Western world knows enough about it. If you're not a fan. They just think that these are groups that are 
manufactured almost. They don't know what they actually go through. And obviously we don't, well, I don't know from a personal point of view, but just from what I've learned with the boys and with like doing lots of research, you know, it's, it's a very, it can be a very dark process for them. You know, they have to go through an awful lot and they work so, so hard. And I don't think that's appreciated enough. Um, and I, I kind of get frustrated as an army when I'm watching their interviews and they're asking them stupid questions about dating. I'm like, you know, ask them about anything else. Ask them about their work ethics. Like, or the other thing that really annoys me is they get asked, what food do they bring on tour? How many times? Like, <laughs> do, you, do you find that frustrating when you're watching some of the interviews, some of the questions they ask? Yeah. I mean, it's it's all very surface level, isn't it? Like, it, it's not really for yeah. the fans. It's not for the fans. It's for the general public. Um, and I think that's what we react to. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like, we already know them intimately in the sense, like, we know what they like to eat. And we've seen them prepare these meals together thousands of times. So why don't you ask a question that we wish we could ask? But, of course, that's not, that's not what's going to happen because they don't actually, mm. for the most part, in the West – um, you know, journalists and media companies don't value BTS in the same way that we do, of course, because we're fans and these companies and journalists, whatever, they're, they're a business. So they're just wanting to get easy questions, easy responses, easy views, not dig too deep. Um, and that's okay because I guess that's why we exist as ARMY because we can hopefully one day be in the position to ask these kinds of questions um, and show BTS that level of respect that we wish, you know, that they would be shown from Western media. Yeah. Yeah, because I think if you watch, like, a lot of, of even even some of the big actors and actresses when they're being um, interviewed, they don't ask them, you know, what food did you miss when you were filming on location or, you know, I just think as it, I, you summed it up, but it just, I just, I feel like no one does their homework or something sometimes. Um, or they don't care as well. And as you said, just for easy views and easy questions. Um, yeah, of course. And also I, in, think about, I, I, I want to, okay, I don't want to give too much to the journalists or whatever in the West, mm-hmm, but yeah, can yeah. you imagine if your assignment was to, um to interview bts and you're like okay where do i even start and you log on to youtube and even try and watch a video it's like where do you actually start like surely that must be intimidating not that i yeah. want to give like of course it's their job they're a journalist like they do have to research but i remember um as a first time army being like well where the fuck do i start like and i had to let things yeah. come to me naturally like where someone would share a link or a new video would be released and that's how I would consume it. Then the algorithm would suggest something new and I would do it like that. But it took me well over a year to feel comfortable with knowing who's who and the history of BTS and all their music. And it's, it's a lot. So I can see why journalists would just be like, you know what, screw it. Like I have to do 20 more interviews this week. Like who even cares, but it still is their job. And, and we want them to take a genuine interest in BTS like we have and that's probably asking too much from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you make a very, very good point. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just 
I I suppose now, especially, like I was amazed at how many people that I knew, even my cousins and stuff, that watched Squid Games. So like I feel like the Korean culture is becoming more. People are learning about it, and even my mom the other day was watching CNN, um, and they were the I don't I don't ask me the name of the reporter, but he did, um an episode of his worldwide thing that he does. I'm so good at this. Um, but he went to Seoul and he's kind of diving into it. And I just thought my mother is watching this, you know, somebody that doesn't approve of my uh, obsessions. Um, let's just say is, is, is learning about it, you know, which I think is nice Yeah. because I think, I don't know, maybe it's just underrepresented or something. Oh, for sure. And I think um, in the West, we are very preoccupied with the West. And especially, I don't know what it's like for you in Ireland, um, also because you're so close to England, whereas we're all the way over Mm -hmm. here in the middle of the ocean. Um, We're actually very close to Asia, but we are more preoccupied with the US. And I don't know if that's how you feel as well. Um, also, since the Queen died, we've been very pre- preoccupied with the royal family because, of course, we are still a Commonwealth country and ruled by the royal family. Um, but it can be really hard to break out of that um, and try and find, you know, um, value in other cultures because we have been so taught that, you know, our, our white cultures um deserve all this attention when truly they're the most boring cultures around um, because we're cultures, especially here in Australia and in America, that are built on top of stolen land and other stolen cultures where we've um, colonised and appropriated other cultures, whereas it's different for you, right, because you're in Ireland and that's where you're from. (laughs) It's slightly different or do you still feel the same way? I think... I don't know because I feel like here we're constantly trying to be our own people. I mean, we're I, it ha, it wasn't that long ago that we got freedom from from Britain, and I think we like we still and I still get quite annoyed if somebody's like, "Oh, you're British." I'm like, "No, I'm I'm genuinely not," and my ancestors would be rolling in their graves if they thought, you know, somebody was accusing me of that. But we're trying to fight for our to be different to be our own people but we're not very open-minded here still um and we were one of the first countries that legalized gay marriage which was just it made me so proud and we legalized abortion here as well again such a like when the irish come together we're fantastic people but like there were people, there was young people flying home just to vote, um, which I did. It just made me so proud and so happy. But then we, I forget where I was going with this now. For God's sake, um, I'm living up to my hair color, which is obviously not real. Um, but <laughs> I. Oh, well, you're going to have to remind me where was I going with this. Okay. I have, I have no idea. What, oh, okay. So I was asking you if you feel like the same, because from from Australian perspective, we're on stolen land and it's like mm-hmm. the West is nasty and gross, right? But does it feel differently for you, uh, for you especially because you have had that, um, that generational struggle 
with like an imperialist power that you've now, you know, you've come out of that and you're trying to establish yourselves as yourselves outside of being attached to Britain. Does that feel different for you? Because it doesn't feel like it's very different over here in Australia. Yeah. So, yes, um, where I was trying to go is that we are so hard on pushing ourselves and our culture and we're like unfortunately they only take the negative parts of it obviously we're so well known for drinking for alcohol um but not for the other like for the irish are always known as really good storytellers and and songwriters because in the past before we had you know tv and all of that when people would travel and they would stay at people's houses they would have to entertain the family. So by storytelling, by poetry, music, whatever they could, whatever they're, they're, they were stronger at, they, they did that. Um, and just our family, like we have great, we're very family orientated. Um, but I think the only thing that they take from us is our drinking culture, which is huge um, and can be fun. Um, but it's, it's, it, I don't know where, but we're so hard, we're so determined to like push that, you know, that we are different from the way we're portrayed in the media and stuff, um, that we're not very open-minded when it comes to other, other cultures. So we kind of shut down and we are becoming, especially my town with population of 2000 people, um, we are becoming so much more multicultural. So it's it's slowly filtering in, but you will find mm. people. And when it comes to, for just using BTS as an example, oh, I wouldn't listen to that. It's in a different language. I don't know what they're saying. I don't want to know. You know, it's that shutdown, you know? Or if I'm talking about, yep. it could be a K-drama or Japanese drama or something that I'm watching. It could be even, it could be anything. French, German. It's in a different language. I don't want to know about that, you know? And I hate that. It really annoys me because you're shutting yourself off to so much, you know? Yep, absolutely. So that is one thing What I'm curious... Me. What I'm curious is um, there's this – I've seen this Irish drama called Derry Girls, I think, and I want to know yeah, if yeah, that yeah, yeah. is an accurate representation of Ireland. It is well. It's Ireland in the nineties, um, but it is it is like I loved it, um, and I refused to watch it because I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't think it'll be. I was I was nervous. I was afraid that we would be portrayed in in a negative way, but it is. It's accurate. It's for us watching it and seeing the troubles, um, in the north at that time. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. Um, and it's it's heartbreaking, but it's also really funny and it, it is it's a really good mm. representation, I have to say. Um, oh good. Well there you but, go, everyone listening. If you wanna get an idea of Ireland, um there's a it's on Netflix. It's a great drama. Um, really funny, but also very like it's very serious and historically 
accurate, mm. which is what we want, you know. And I didn't know I didn't know that about Ireland. Um, like, sure, I might have learned in school, but we also learned mostly about the colonization of Australia. So we were, you know, thinking about our own problems. Um, but to know that this is ongoing for Ireland, um, the struggle to be independent, it's like it's very valuable just to know these stories, especially as white people. Um, these, you know. My, I'm sure I'm related to Irish people somewhere down the line. I definitely know I'm Scottish, so like this is our this is our history and our culture. Um, so it's really important to know, especially because it's very contemporary. Like it's still happening, right? Like it's still there's still that yeah struggle to yeah, that, to be Ireland yeah, and not divide. to be Britain. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, okay, it's amazing. That is even so interesting. Yeah, even even in like Europe, you would see the like in the students now that I had found it very hard to kind of understand that. But you're the same country, and you're like we're not. There's actually a sea between us, but it it is hard when you when you're not when you haven't learned about it because I suppose there there is still mm. the north is still part of Britain. Um. I don't know. I think it's still very fresh. You know, the the old wounds are still, I suppose, are still visible, and uh, it will get better over mm. time. Um, as all yeah. things do. And but go on. Sorry. Oh, okay. Now I was curious because, um, do you feel any kind of um? Oh, well, how do I put this? So obviously, South Korea. Um, and Korea in general mm-hmm. went through is going through the same kind of thing, right? Um, well, of course mm-hmm. they were occupied by Japan, and now they've they've been split into North and South, and there is that divide there. Do you feel any resonance with that? Like, do you feel like, especially with BTS, like, or like they're going through not the same thing, but something similar to what you've experienced? Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that is another reason why um, we have so, like, even though we're completely different cultures, we have a lot of of similarities, you know, which is kind of, it's kind of cool in a way when you think about it, because if you if you look at Ireland on the in the on the, the globe or whatever, the map of the world, we're tiny. But we have a huge presence around the world. And now Korea, which is such a, you know, in, in retrospect of, of Ireland, it's it's huge. Um, and I mean, the amount of people that are driving Korean made cars, watching TV on a Korean TV, you know, using a Korean phone. Like it's it's incredible what they have done. Um, but no, it is. It is. It's It's really cool. When you think of it in that in that sense that we're going through something similar, or or we had we have gone through something similar in the past. Mm. So yeah, and does it give you hope for the future of Ireland as well? Like about you know the the progress that you can make as a country, um, culturally, and the impact you can potentially have on the world. Like just also breaking out of that, the Irish are great drinkers um, kind of yeah. stereotype and kind of showing the world what you can really do. Yeah, yeah, it does. It it makes me, um, very much. I don't know. Like I think I think the next generations are are gonna do, do a lot. You know, um, 
but it will be slower because we have to run everything through the EU first, you know, which, to be honest, I don't really get into the politics of all that. And But I, I'm I'm really happy that we're still a part of, of the EU. Like, I think for the, the British now, when they want to even just like getting things, buying things online and, and the customs and stuff, it must be just so difficult for them. You know, so I'm really happy that we are a part of, of all that. Um, it makes it so much easier for us for traveling, for if we want to work in, in within the European Union, we can. It's it's really straightforward. It's really easy. So because we're so small, I think we'll probably have to be in line with the other more powerful countries for a long time. But I think mm. it's better that way. Interesting. Interesting. I, I honestly love this kind of stuff because just getting to like hear your story and to learn about your country, um, it's so fulfilling. And to know that we're, we've connected because we are ARMY and also because we've written books um, and you're seem to be a published author, which is amazing. Um, that's so cool. Just to know that we have so many shared experiences from different cultures, opposite sides of the world. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's lovely. And I, I think that's the best part about being a member of, of this fandom is you get to meet the most incredible people. But there's an instant, like, I don't know if it's me because I'm older, but when I meet anybody, it doesn't matter what age they are, I'm, and I know that they're army, I'm literally like, my walls come down. I'm like, your family, you know? I have instant love for this person because they get it. Mm. Yeah, we we all know, we kind of speak the same language, which is really yeah. special considering that, you know, that, yeah. that language that we all speak does transcend other languages to some degree, like because we just have those shared experiences and the shared love. Um, yeah, so, okay, I have another question for you because we're, we're about to wrap mm-hmm. up, but can you tell everyone the okay. name of your book? Yes. So, you see, this is why I'm very bad at this. Um, <laughs> it's called Who Said It Would Be Easy? Ooh, nice. Yeah, That's really cool. So I hope, I hope that I've done it justice um, because, as I said, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not great at this side of things. Um, I'm better when I can, you know, actually write it out word for word. Perfect. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, just consider this here. your first. Oh yeah, consider this your first try. You know, you've got to practice yeah. for when your book comes yeah. out and everyone wants to talk to you. And I hope you'll come back on the podcast as well. Um, I think we've got plenty more conversations to have. To. So that is so yes. exciting. Um, can you tell everyone where they can find you online if they want to follow you? Yes. Um. So obviously, I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I'm on them all. Um, not YouTube though. <laughs> I am on Instagram and I have to check my name. Oh, I should have wrote this down earlier. I'm sure. Oh yeah. So my Instagram handle is Emily O'Callaghan 13. Cause that's my lucky number before it was Jimmins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually have 13 tattooed on me twice. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram. I am on Twitter as well with the God, aren't I the worst? Um, 
Sorry, guys. Oh, I don't know anything. My Insta or my Twitter handle is Miss Emily OC ninety three. Um, so it's M S Emily OC nine three and TikTok. I am just um Emily O'Callaghan author is my. So I would love to connect mm -hmm. with more army. Because I love you all. Awesome. I'll put this, I'll put this in, I'll put your <laughs> handles in the description box of the podcast so people can find you easily. And so that you can find yourself. Yeah. If you ever wanna, if you ever wanna yes. know what your own <laughs> handle is. <laughs> oh my god. You should have written it down. <laughs> I love it. No, that's fine. We're we're live and real. That's that's how you know it, guys. Yeah. All yeah. right. So unfiltered. Um <laughs> Everyone listening, you can find me at Wally at Eaglehawk, W-A-L-L-E-A-E-A-G-L-E-H-A-W-K, everywhere. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at the BTS Theorist. Um, but, yeah, you can find me on all the platforms at Wally at Eaglehawk. Um, and that's it, everyone. I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for joining me, Emily. And, everyone, keep an eye out for her debut novel um i'm gonna i'll pr be promoting it you'll be back on the podcast to talk about when it's out so don't worry everyone we will keep you in the loop but um it's been so lovely getting to know you and congratulations on getting published thank you so much Walia, and it was lovely to meet you and on behalf of army everywhere thank you for everything that you are doing um you're making a huge difference for all of us so thank you oh that was a bit of a freebie, wasn't it? Um, thank you. <laughs> Trying not to get emotional. Okay, everyone, I'm going to leave it here. Uh, I'll see you next time, guys. Bye.